0: In a world filled with incredibly remarkable human beings, it's my mission to shine light on some of the stories and lessons that we accrue during our time here. My goal is to fill you with the same hope and inspiration I've found in some of my friends along the way. What I've also found is sometimes inspiration doesn't always slap you in the face. Sometimes an immense bond or a chance situation will reveal the greatest of all inspirations. However you receive your message, hearing another's perspective on life's challenges and triumphs will help you to put some of your own anguish and concerns at ease. We will learn together that there is far more that unites us than the objects that tear us apart. We are going to simplify our lives as we grow together on this mission of finding more hope in our everyday life. So, sit back and relax. I want you to enjoy the ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, I have an awesome guest and a very unique story to tell you. Part of it is because I've had this guest before. Summer came on in uh, the middle of May, and we recorded. We t- uh, the episode title was My Walk. And we talked about Summer's experience growing up, um, the uh, support she received from the town of Cedar Falls after her mother's courageous battle with uh, cancer, and uh, the experience of what that was like. We also spoke about uh, adoption and the process that her family went through while she was adopting her children. That being said, we spoke for 90 minutes, and prior to that, we talked on the phone for over three hours, and that, we've been chatting since we met, right? So, yeah, yeah. Like, we're starting to get to know each other and our families, and I'm, I'm starting to uh, get to know her husband, who, by the way, is running for school board. So is, vote yeah. R.J. Meyer for yeah. school board. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting to know Summer a lot, and there is still so much that I don't know about Summer, uh, things that she's went through in her life. And this particular thing that I want to talk about today, being that it's October, And cancer is so close to my heart, being that my grandmother just passed away battling it. I wanted to talk about breast cancer, and Summer has a very unique uh, aspect that we can look at the story. Uh, Her lens is unique, and I think that listeners can gain a lot by realizing that, you know, we never really completely know someone. And uh, giving each other the opportunity to tell parts of our story will help us to connect help us to relate, and ha- help us to realize, you know, make this place a better place, right?
1: Right, exactly.
0: So without any further ado, Summer, welcome back <laughs> to the you. World of Nate.
1: Thank you. I'm
0: so happy to have you here.
1: Yes, it's, this is super fun. It's super fun.
0: It's kind of cool that uh, we get this platform to talk about things that are important to us. Right. And uh, cancer in particular is very important to both of us.
1: Right.
0: Uh, I'm very
1: it, very sorry to hear about your grandmother. I
0: appreciate that. Uh, as you know, we got to sp- speak a little bit beforehand. She was a very important person to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, you have experienced similar loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we s- we start with the loss of your mother?
1: Um. So gro- growing up, great family. Um. I think I touched on that the the last episode. Um, my parents, my brother. I don't even remember. I think I was in fourth grade when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. Um. So, like, looking at it now, like, I remember that so clearly, which is funny because now I have, actually, I have a third and fifth and sixth and eighth grader, like, looking at Kids that age. Yeah, like, right around that age. So, I looking at it as, like, trying to, your perspective on everything changes as a parent because I remember it as how it impacted me. Right. Because as a kid, you're just more selfish, right? I, I mean, I thought about my mom, but I didn't now that i'm at the age that she would have been i look at it and i'm like having you can to relate tell can you imagine telling your child that you have cancer no. and having to look at your kid and try to explain it and yet be strong
0: for them right mm-hmm. through this whole thing and you touched on that in last episode how yeah. your mom never no. really told you how bad it was
1: right like she had an incredible faith and an incredible attitude um you know, she battled. And, you know, to be honest, because I was young enough and she and my dad, like, didn't make that the center of our lives. I don't, I mean, like, she had it. She had a mastectomy.
0: So, mas- mastectomy, for those who are listening who don't understand what that it's is. It's
1: the removal of the breast tissue. Okay. And so. Um, Both
0: or uh, sing- singular? I
1: think she did single. Okay. Um, the first time. And. She would have been, gosh darn it, 36, I believe, when she was diagnosed. Pretty young. Yes.
0: I just had my 34th birthday. Yes. Wow.
1: You're a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: But I cannot imagine getting that news right right,
1: now. Right. Sitting down and being like, yeah, very young.
0: A third of the way through, not even.
1: Right. And so she got that diagnosis. I believe they did a single mastectomy. It's funny. I don't. No, I don't remember all those details. um And I think it, at that point it was like, okay, we're going to do this. It's going to be okay. We're right. going
0: to. It was a surgery. Mama had right, surgery, right?
1: right? Um, and then, then there was chemo, and then. Do you
0: remember any of that?
1: I yeah, she didn't feel good. So chemo has gotten. I mean, it's still hard and. People still get very, very sick with it. but
0: It's come a long it's way. It's come a
1: long ways. Yeah. And they have some medicine and stuff that helps, I think, with the nausea that comes right. with it. Um, she did throw up a lot. Um,
0: you remember those Those I moments. kind
1: of. She hit it so well. She lost all her hair. I mean, I still remember laughing in the kitchen. She was making chocolate chip cookies <laughs> and... Did I tell this the last time? You did, time?
0: but keep going because there will be new people who listen <laughs> um, to
1: this. She was making chocolate chip cookies, and she opened the oven and put her ha- like hand in to like pull the cookies out. And then all of a sudden, we're like, that smells like plastic. And she goes in the bathroom, and it melted all the bangs on her on wig. Her wig yeah. You
0: told me that.
1: Told <laughs> it was that. like a big clump
0: of... But she found It was yeah, in it, right? We
1: laughed about it. I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh. Her wig was, like, completely melted in the front. I mean, it was like, yeah, that wasn't... That's probably... all you could do, right? Yeah.
0: Was laugh at that point.
1: And so... She just was, anyone that know her, I mean, like, I still have run into people in town that are like, you know, I loved your mom, your mom, like.
0: How big of an impact she had. Yeah, made.
1: like, she worked at the bank, and then she worked at the Cedar Falls Utility, so I think she dealt with people all the time, and right. people are constantly, people I don't know, are like, oh, you're Candy Stubbs' daughter. Um, Oh, I loved seeing her, and. She was one That's of those. has got to make you feel it good. It does. It just warms your heart. And it's good for my kids to hear because they never got to meet, you know, like yeah. that their grandma has like a legacy that is yes. positive. And, um,
0: That's a testament and and something good that we can take, you know. Right. We're not done when we're done. No. Your legacy is what you want to write, you know.
1: Oh, I wish I. We so get
0: that opportunity.
1: There's a quote that hangs in my house. I just got it because my kids love the sandlot. lot. Okay. And I'll have to look it up because I'm not, I'm going to, it's going to be this. But, <laughs> but it talks about there's heroes and there's uh, legends. Yeah. And like, you know, a hero is great, but a legend is Lasts like forever. forever. Yeah. And so it's from the Sandlot. My kids love that movie. And, Heck yeah. And so I got it, and it's a quote that we have hanging in our house just because it, you know, Resonates. like, what you do stands the test of time. Right.
0: If you're... You know, if your legacy is a positive person who made other people really feel special, right? That stuff's going to last forever with people,
1: right? Um, So yeah, you know, she battled. She did the radiation, so it it would go away, and then it would come back. Okay. And then it would go away, and it was kind of a roller
0: coaster that whole thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I remember we went on a family vacation. We went on a houseboat, and. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but she was waiting to hear if it had come back.
0: From and a just, uh, checkup or something? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, her and my dad, I don't think, wanted to worry us. and um, But I could tell that something, she's pretty weepy, like, on the houseboat, and I could tell that something was, you know, not quite right. Right. Um, but they didn't want to make our vacation. Terrible. And so we found out afterwards um, that it had come back. And the more it came back, the more aggressive. Like, we found that, like, the chemo just wasn't really putting a dent in it. At Um, that point? Yeah. And I was in ninth grade when, so she was diagnosed in fourth grade. Well, actually, it was in eighth grade. They... Decided to do a bone marrow transplant.
0: Okay, what's that look like? I'm not very familiar with that. So
1: I don't think they do it a lot anymore. Going into it, basically, her cancer had spread so much. Like I think it was in her bone marrow.
0: Okay.
1: And um, it was a fifty-fifty thing. Like either she's gonna make it. Like she could die on the table.
0: Yeah. Those so, odds. That's tough, right? mm mm-hmm. um,
1: It's either it could kill you, it could kill you, or it could save your life. Right. And one or the other, you're picking, like, okay, do I have a a couple years or do I go in and? So that was like awful. Like, we said goodbye to her because, and then because you're so weak, like, we wouldn't be able to see
0: her recovery. Yeah. So she was going to
1: stay in the hospital for, I, A month, maybe. And then
0: rehab on top of that to get to come home.
1: We weren't going to be able to, like, go in and see her. It's not like a surgery where you can go in and see them right after. She would have to stay, like, because her immune system was so weak. Um, So, I mean, I still remember standing in the kitchen, like, saying goodbye and being like, okay, like, I may never see her again. Like, the courage it took for her to make that decision. and
0: In eighth grade, you were doing this. uh
1: Uh-huh. And I went to school that day. And my brother went to school, and then I got a ride home from track, and I remember pulling in, and my dad's car was in the driveway, and my dad was supposed to go and take her. Okay. And I just knew something was really wrong, because I was like, my dad should not be home. Right. And um, got in the door, and my mom was home, and she she's like, I need to talk to you. And we went down to my bedroom, and she basically said they went in and before they did the bone marrow transplant, they did a full body scan and they found tumors in her brain. Wow!
0: So it had metastasized everywhere and, in her and body they couldn't, at that point.
1: Yeah. And they said at that point that um, had she had the bone marrow, it would kill her and that it was basically terminal cancer.
0: So at that point in time, it's a matter of time, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you have to look at. Mm-hmm. What so, was the prognosis? Right away.
1: I'm trying to think if they gave her a year. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think. Was that seventh grade or eighth grade? So she outlived it. Her prognosis. I think it maybe was like six months to a year. That might have been seventh grade. Did
0: they Did they give it like a stage? Stage one. Well, two,
1: that three? I think in the brain, like when they found it's four, probably. I think it was four, and I don't know. You know, maybe I was either too young or they didn't share that like i don't remember hearing a lot of stages um it was either not shared with me or maybe at that point they weren't talking that way but it was it was just that was probably one of my lowest points of my i mean like you go from thinking trying to be positive like my mom's gonna be cured
0: she's gonna get over it
1: she's gonna be cured she's going in for this bone marrow and they're gonna cure it that was the only thing I could think was like okay my mom's gonna be cured and then that same day like I had swallowed that and then I come home and it was like I'm not gonna beat this I'm not gonna live and I lost it I mean I remember throwing things I mean it was not and and now in hindsight the hardest part for me is to look back and think about her taking that yeah because I can't imagine her having to tell her daughter, you know, like, I'm going to keep fighting this, but I'm not going to be here. And um, so that was.
0: I can 100% relate to that piece because we've got, I recently, we got all this news within the last six months to a year, you know, that diagnosis of, hey, the cancer spread and it's in the brain. And what comes with that is a whole new set of things, right? I um, was fortunate enough to spend a week taking care of my grandma. I would go and stay overnight. Um, Towards the end, I stayed with her in rehab and and things like that. So I got a very close, in-depth look of how terrible it is. Right. my grandma, uh, towards the end, was reverting back to childhood and asking me things like if I melt the cows. (laughs) or to give me a shot of whiskey. <laughs> right. My grandpa doesn't drink. <laughs> I don't She's, have any whiskey. Right, uh, but they're just not all there. Right, Can't yeah. even talk. Yeah. Can't carry on conversations. Yeah. Have a hard time remembering.
1: That's yeah. We watched her go. So she ended up in a wheelchair. I mean, cuz your brain is
0: everything. Controls, your central nervous system yeah,
1: controls everything and so I think that part was to see this like strong powerful like funny woman and we had a split level 40 years
0: old yeah at the time 36 to 40
1: 45 um to see her like go into a wheelchair i mean like there are things that my brain has just pushed out yep um but like i do remember her in a wheelchair and we had a split level house so like if she was upstairs where like the kitchen and her bedroom were like she could never come down to the basement where I was. Like, my bedroom was in the basement. Um, so, you know, she lost, you know, like, her hair, and then she couldn't walk. And then towards the end, like, her memory was real bad. And um, at the very, very end, like, she couldn't talk. Right. Um, and that's the stuff I wish – I wouldn't wish on anyone. Right. Just to somewhat. see someone – go downhill completely decline like that and like to know and to not know what she does know in her head and not able to speak speak it is uh that part is gut-wrenching and we did end up getting hospice involved at the very end um and their tribute to hospice they're amazing amazing people
0: (laughs) I have nothing but such good things to say about them Uh, and uh, the care facility, good neighbor home in Manchester, Iowa. Shout out to them because they treated my grandma like a queen.
1: Yep, I mean, it was a she let she at one point asked us if she um, if we wanted her to pass away at home or in the hospital. Um, And that's not a good question to ask. And I, I don't think I ever answered her. Um, I don't know if my dad had to say, you know, I'm sure that he had an opinion and he'd, um, and I'm glad, like she went into hospice at covenant and, um, probably, I think for probably about a week when she really declined and, um, we just couldn't take care of her at home and managing pain and that type of stuff.
0: Right. Um, it gets to be too much, even if you're completely devoted, right?
1: Oh, it just is. And I think she was sleeping so much. And I think, I'm sure my dad, looking back, was probably like, it's a lot on the kids. Like, a lot. There's not a lot of... Escape. Yeah, you can't really escape it. Um, so, yeah, like... There's a moment that like my dad picked me up from school and said, we got to go say goodbye. And um, that's something that now being a grown woman, you look back and you're like, gosh, I mean, that took a lot for my dad. It took a lot. Like you're driving there and you're like, what do you say?
0: Every single person in that entire situation was touched by the event. The people and, that took care of your mother? Yes. You, your dad, everybody. Your cousins, it's your uh community.
1: Um so we drove over um she couldn't talk. I think that's the hardest part with this ugly disease is just her inability like it was all me talking and that's where the hospice nurses came in and you know at that time I had just turned 15.
0: So this is all brand new to you. You're not even an adult to process No.
1: I mean, I I don't even know where to start. And the, the hospice nurse was just... So the hard part, and I think there's people that can relate to this, is we fought and she fought. And I felt like saying goodbye was quitting. And I didn't want to quit.
0: Right. Never. Right.
1: And so I think I walked in there and I was like, I can't say anything because I feel like... I'm giving up if I say goodbye.
0: Totally relatable.
1: And the hospice nurse stepped in and said, oh, she, you know, your mom can hear you. She wants you to say goodbye. And, man, God bless her for it. Because that was, she gosh. might
0: not have had the opportunity. If she I don't know have.
1: if I would have had the courage to spit it out. Right. Because um, she... Paved the way to make it okay to say, like, you know, your mom's gonna go home and you need to say what you want to say. And so I was able to, you know, tell her I loved her and that I'd look out for my brother. And so I got it all out and I'm great. I look at people who don't get that opportunity and I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity. Um, as ugly and yucky as it was,
0: right. You were able to be there for her, right? You know, I mean, I got to her entire life. I got
1: to, I got to say goodbye and say what I needed to say, and I think that helps because we got to grieve before before she actually passed away. And there's people that are in tragic accidents that don't get that opportunity.
0: Right. Very good way to look at it. So um, I mean, That helps a little bit, right? Right. You know, I mean, you got to find the light right, in the situation, right?
1: And so, you know, she passed away. I was fifteen. um so process that a little bit. I
0: mean, for I pro- what you can right as a fifteen yeah,
1: I mean, I like I said it in the last episode, like the Cedar Falls community, I was raised by mothers of friends and random my mom's best friends all
0: chipped in chipped in. Right? in. Yeah, I mean, they took that.
1: me. Prom dress shopping and you know, homecoming. Up yeah. For they you. my wedding. They helped decorate my wedding. Um, so you know,
0: which is a testament to our small community. It and is. We spoke about that. We both it love is. the Cedar Valley.
1: It is. I mean, for me to say that, like, they, I was not left to just be motherless. Right. Uh, my dad did an amazing job, and you know it. It's amazing what people can do when they have no choice. You yeah, know,
0: when your back's against the wall, right?
1: Yeah, and I, my brother was eleven. I mean, it was it was an. I look back and I'm like, I can't believe how young. I mean, my my oldest is fourteen, and I can't imagine. I still tell him to brush his teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know the amount of things that I tell him to do. I'm yeah. like, Oh my gosh! I had just turned 15, and I didn't have a mom to tell me that to
0: tell you. Yeah. Um, I kind of re- raising yourself.
1: I mean, a little bit. I mean, my dad. Like I said, my yeah, dad did great, more, right? and my, you know, I had people looking out for me and praying for me, and you know, I was raised in the faith, and my mom. Like, I still have her Bible, and she would get up at, like, 5 a.m., and she'd read her Bible and send other people notes. She's dying. I have had people come up to me and be like, I had, like, a little cancer scare, and I'm getting cards in the mail from your mom, and she's, like, in hospice.
0: Fighting for her life.
1: And, um,
0: And still has the ability to be that caring of a person. And I think what a testament.
1: that's it. that's the stuff that like I want to always remember and yeah. pass along to my kids. Like that's who your grandma was. Heck yeah. Like it it was ugly and scary and she was more worried about somebody else feeling good and feeling loved and the faith that she could pass on to them. So I think that was you know important. Yeah. yeah. It was important. And I think you know, to transition to like my story or where.
0: Right. So that was incredibly hard all on itself.
1: Yes. So that was, that's the backstory. And I think that's important because.
0: Very much so.
1: When I was 30 i just asked my husband this before i came <laughs> make
0: sure you got it. i'm right? not good at hard
1: numbers are just kind of ah i mean I have four kids like i don't even know how old you go to the pharmacy <laughs> yeah, the you go to the man. pharmacy go and worse. they're like what's the birthday and i'm like
0: don't ask me the are year.
1: you kidding me? me i start year. having to do math Same. like
0: also uh, very relatable yes
1: <laughs> so um i think i was 35 i might have been 34 um I went to a physical and...
0: Just a routine? Routine, physical. Routine, physical. Check it
1: Routine, physical. Um, we had gone through IVF with Asher, and I touched on that in the last one. And when doing so, they had asked me about my family history. And because I had such a bad family history of cancer, they before they would do IVF, they made me get a mammogram. Okay,
0: okay. so like a which is to, Yes, right?
1: which was not typical but because my family history was so bad they're like oh we don't you know they don't want anything to go wrong with IVF they want to
0: set you up for success as much as possible
1: right so we were still living in Iowa City at the time I did uh, IVF and I had my mammogram and everything was good had my son um moved to Cedar Falls and then um yeah I went in for my routine physical and at that point I I remember being like you know what like my mom i think i i'm supposed to be getting mammograms because you're supposed to do it like two years before like your mom's diagnosis okay was what i had been told like so that's what you're going off of yeah like my mom was diagnosed at 36 and i think i was 35 at the time and so i was like okay like i should probably like ask her like should i be getting routine mammograms yeah just
0: bring it up at least right
1: and so, went and she did like, you know, the routine, like yep. blood work and blood pressure and all that jazz. And then I brought it up and she was like, a hard no, like, no, that's a waste of insurance money. I won't, you're not even 40 years old. I okay. won't send you. And I said, well, I was always told that my mom had it so young yeah. that I should be
0: cognizant at least. Yeah.
1: Right? Like, should I, are you sure? Like, I said, what about, i had heard that mris were better the other thing
0: detection for early detection and
1: i um like being very blunt um like i am physically strong in my chest and i'm not large chested okay so when i had my mammogram like before my ivf the radiographer which is I think the people that do the manograms are called radiographers the tech ma- the tech I'm pretty sure the radiographers I want to g- give them a nice shout out because I'm sure they have a title um, she basically said we would be very hard pressed to ever find breast cancer in you because and it, of
0: your body type
1: because of my body type right. small chested and muscular thin
0: and muscular yeah
1: she's like it's just not gonna we're not gonna find much
0: okay and um, I'd like to touch on something you said because this has been echoed by people who have had serious medical issues. Ryan Manal said this. Uh, Holly Sitzman said the exact same thing. You yourself are your only advocate in the hospital, and if you Absolutely. have a gut freaking feeling, go with it because you're right. And if you're wrong, it can be deadly, right?
1: I, if I could tell anyone listening to this, you know, that would be my, one of my biggest pieces of advice: is that you have to advocate for your own health and do your own research doctors are smart but there are a lot of things they just
0: and they can't know your entire situation they don't and they can't they
1: can't know everything about everything there's no human alive that can do that Right, and they don't know your family history they don't know where you're coming from um
0: yeah so be your own advocate
1: you have to be your own advocate and So I kind of pressed, because she said, no, you don't need mammograms, and you certainly don't need it. You'll fit the criteria. And an MRI is super expensive. I'm not going to order that. And I flat out said, well, the last time I had a mammogram, they said they would never find anything in me. And she's like, well, it's expensive. I can't order that. Insurance will bulk at that because of your age. Yeah.
0: Which, you never know, the underwriting rules and all that I don't. I
1: truly don't. And... But the one thing she said is, I can refer you to a geneticist.
0: Okay, so we're getting somewhere.
1: <laughs> so I was, and and you know, I was. I'll be honest. I was annoyed because I was I like, bet.
0: Yeah. "Well, you know your situation. Like, and I you want an MRI. It. Like, that's why you pay for insurance, right?" <laughs>
1: So, but the, she's like, you can meet with a geneticist, but they're in Iowa City, and I'm like, of course, because we just li- yep. <laughs> we lived in Cedar Falls, or I lived in Cedar Falls, moved to Iowa City, and then had moved back, and I'm like, of course, I was just in Iowa, I City. They
0: be in Iowa City, right? And
1: so, um, my husband and I went down to Iowa City and met with a geneticist, a specialist, and that's what she does is looks at people's genetics, and um, you fill out like a family tree, and like History. who has cancer and what year and what kind and all of this well i fill out all the paperwork and she comes in and she's like you know you know this probably already but like it doesn't look great for you so my mom got it yuck like super early and my grandma i never met my mom's mom and
0: that was the same prognosis um i think you know
1: my mom it was cancer I don't know if they didn't know what kind of cancer. My mom never talked about it being breast cancer. Um, I'm assuming now because of what I know that it was breast cancer. She passed away when my mom was 18.
0: So young as well.
1: 18 or 19, I think. Um, So, yeah, I never met her. um,
0: So you have that stuff in the back of your mind when you're sitting here. My grandma's gone because of cancer at Mm 30-some. My mom is gone at 30.
1: She passed away at 42
0: diagnosed at 36 yeah and you're 35 at i think i was time? 35 so and i understand your plight
1: yeah oh yeah you
0: nervous cell too
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're like somebody's got to help me out here right um so she came back and said yeah it doesn't look great like y- young and breast cancer and super aggressive breast cancer so like my mom had chemo and it didn't do it right. and she had radiation and it and didn't it do it so um, it's a spit test, as she said. You may have BRCA1 or BRCA2. I refer to it as BRCA a lot.
0: Okay. Um, Do you know the full name of it? Okay. Oh, no. It's super long. It's a huge name, one it's of a those huge, 35 yeah. letters. Yeah, that's okay. why it's a B, brief... Say it again.
1: BRCA1
0: or 2? 1 or 2. Okay. And, so, essentially, and that is what?
1: Essentially, they're like protector genes. So you know you have two... Like in your gene code, there's like two genes, right? Okay. Like, think We're of a stair. Okay, okay. okay, think of a okay a ladder. Think of a twisted ladder, yeah. right?
0: Got it. Your genetic okay. Code. There's sides,
1: right? Okay. Well, everyone ever always says like you have a gene mutation. Um, so BRAC one and BRAC two are genetic mutation. So instead of having two what they call like protector genes, I have one. My other one is mutated and basically crappy.
0: And that does what?
1: So that is one of the reasons that people that are positive for BRCA1 or BRCA2 get it young.
0: Breast cancer. Yes, because
1: it's like the protector because like I said, you're supposed to have two.
0: That does the job of fighting the, the cancer?
1: Yeah, like protects you from
0: all sorts of stuff. I'm yeah, sure. like, who knows? Okay.
1: And, but when I only have one, it's like when that first one wears out.
0: Leaves you more susceptible.
1: Then you're more susceptible, which is why breast cancer is a lot more common to women in their 60s.
0: Okay. So because that is diminished.
1: Probably because okay. they've worn through both of those okay. protector genes. At least that's the theory that I was told. Okay, where people, and science
0: is ever changing, right? So it's constant. I mean, I
1: guarantee you that my mom didn't know any of this. No,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and so, yeah. So there's a mutation in the genetic code on the BRCA one gene or the BRCA two. Whichever one you're diagnosed with. Right, okay. and if you have that, then each of them carries some different risk factors okay. for cancer. All
0: right.
1: So she put a swab. No, actually, it was a scope. I swished mouthwash, really? spit it in. Like here, I'm thinking I'm gonna have like a big blood workup, and it shout was like,
0: shout out to science, That's <laughs> like, amazing. Here's some, scopes, yeah, swish here's some scope, swish it around,
1: and swish it in your mouth for like 20 seconds. Spit it in this cup, and we'll call you in a week or two weeks with your results. Okay um
0: what did you think prior to getting your results back
1: i knew i had it
0: yeah you just had a gut feeling i just
1: had a gut feeling i mean i i
0: and the uh the stats align like you yeah know, so grandmother when and your mom
1: if i had it they told me that like 50 if my mom had it there's a 50 50 chance i would have it okay and with her being so resistant to chemotherapy and so resistant to... Um,
0: um, the other treatments?
1: Yeah. They were like... And being so young, you know, it was a pretty... That was their best guess. Right. Um, So I was actually in the parking lot of the rec center about to walk in and teach class when I got the call. Okay. Um, hey, and, we
0: got your test results back.
1: Yeah. Well, and then she was like... Are you driving?
0: <laughs>
1: I'm like I'm I just pulled into a parking lot and she, so you know it's not when they It's not ask, gonna be good. If they ask if you're driving yeah. it's not
0: Are you sitting down? Yeah. You're gonna not get a bum chill. Yeah, not not the, So you're preparing yourself mentally for that?
1: Yeah, and it was kind of one of those surreal things where I think in my heart I knew so I wasn't like
0: Blindsided, at least, right?
1: And it was the actual geneticist called me, and she's very kind and just said, like, are you sitting down? Like, are you, you're not driving? You know, do you... you know, I said, I'm in my car, but I'm parked. And she's like, well, do you want me to call you a little bit later? I mean, at this point, I know that it is not good. Right. I was like, no, just give it to me. And she said, you, you are positive for the BRCA1 gene okay. mutation. Okay. And we always call it BRCA1 gene. I just... I think it's funny because then everyone's like, oh, you have the BRCA1 gene. And I'm like, well, we all have that gene. Mine is just bad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It
0: doesn't work. It's not quite working. Yeah.
1: Mine just isn't. It's mutated. I'm a mutation. Um,
0: We all have some form of mutation. Right.
1: So she, I took it fine. news. Yeah. I mean, I took it fine. So what
0: does the prognosis for BRCA1 carry?
1: So that was, then she made an appointment with an oncologist For me at the University of Iowa to walk through where you go, like, okay, here's what we know about this mutation you have. So I met a very nice oncologist at the University of Iowa Hospital and my husband and I went down um, and essentially my risk at breast cancer over my lifetime was 90 percent. And my risk of ovarian cancer over my lifetime was 40%. Holy
0: oh, smokes.
1: And ovarian cancer is very hard to di- detect. Um, breast cancer, um, they instantly pushed me to have an MRI. And so I had an MRI, and that was super scary because you're like, oh. like They're like, we need to do an MRI, and we need to Immediately. do Immediately,
0: yeah. So then you start thinking, like, 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 like "Oh, oh I, I, already may, I may already have it." Yeah. Like, um,
1: and so I didn't. You another-
0: have got to have uh, a little bit of st- what was the stress like? You're reliving your mother's diagnosis. I'm <laughs> things that have happened are now happening to you.
1: Um, the hardest part I think is like people don't get it.
0: Right. When you say when you say that, when you say
1: it, it was a hard time for me, like, I remember well, people
0: can't relate to the situation.
1: Well, I think they didn't understand. Like, people know that you have the gene, right? But they don't understand, like, the risk,
0: how high the, of a risk. It yeah. Is.
1: And like, you feel like you have to educate everyone. Like, why are you so sad? Or why? Are, like, I wasn't sleeping because my mom's goal when she got cancer was to live to see us graduate
0: and you had said that in my walk and episode.
1: so that was her goal so and yeah. she didn't make it and right. that was very hard and I that would keep me up like I'd literally wake up and I'd be like
0: thinking about if that was what handy. if
1: I don't see because th- my girl like my, my girls were like, Again, I was trying to get the dates for my husband because I'm so bad. I, that's not my <laughs> we forte. We They
0: Sorry. were
1: like three and four. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe two and three. Pretty young. It was probably two and three because I don't think KJ had come to us yet. So I think they were two and three. And uh, it was like thinking like, oh, my gosh, I have a two-year-old, and I'm a year away from my mom getting diagnosed. Like – I can't imagine my husband raising these kids by himself. I can't imagine not being here to see my kids grow up. And like there's almost a guilt in having kids. Like there was almost like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to, I don't want them to be motherless. Uh,
0: so yeah, I can imagine.
1: Um, And so like I just didn't sleep for a while. And I mean I felt a little bit better when we got the MRI back and I was did not have cancer. Um, and then they basically said, here are your options. Like, okay. y- you can get a mastectomy. Which is? Uh, uh, removal of all the brush tissue. So, okay. like, they would go in and just, like, take it all. like
0: Breast, nipple, everything. So they gave me the option. Of, so I don't, I'm sorry for my ignorance on this. I no, it's
1: an actually le- very legitimate question. So there's nipple sparing and then there's like a full mastectomy and
0: that it means taking everything Everything. Okay,
1: and then with that like the government has now instituted they have to offer you reconstruction
0: okay Uh, so does that mean breast implants implants, or something
1: yeah they're slightly different than like the traditional breast implants because you're basically building an entire breast okay um so they basically gave me the option of we can monitor you and you can come down every 3 months
0: to make sure that you aren't don't have cancer. Cancer.
1: So there's a blood test called a C123. But
0: you're 90% Percent- susceptible to 90% cavity.
1: yes, like my lifetime risk was 90%. I mean, essentially she said, I can't tell you when you'll get cancer, but there's Probably going to get it. Probably based on everything we know, your family history doesn't bode well. And you have the genetic setup for it.
0: You were between a rock and a really hard, hard spot. It was.
1: I mean, I I felt like at the time, and I would never judge anyone. That's the hard thing. Is it was a decision we made to like prophylactically do a mastectomy. So I did it prophylactically, meaning I chose to do it before I was diagnosed with cancer.
0: So you could get ahead of that.
1: Yes. I I mean, some people, like my option was prophylactic mastectomy, go in, take it, um, and I could do an oophorectomy, which is the removal of my ovaries.
0: Because you had said that there was a high chance of that as well.
1: Yes. And that doesn't generally hit, ovarian doesn't generally hit until after you're 40.
0: So when they take um, a woman's ovaries, she can no longer have children? Right what and else you like go into menopause, menopause
1: full full-blown oh. menopause oh, like hormone yeah. irritable hot flashes the whole they are not lying about
0: those things well <laughs> i don't know if my mom would like me sharing it but she's been going through them for years i know and it's know. terrible it's uh, sweating. Terrible
1: terrible. I, my heated car uh, seats trigger them. Yeah.
0: For so like in the dang, winter, summer. winter
1: in Iowa, you're like yeah. <gasps> freezing and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to turn my heated seats on." Sweating, freezing. And then like 2 <laughs> seconds later I'm like, hot flash, oh, windows dang, down, windows dang. down, windows dang. down." Uh, uh, so man. those were kind of my options. It was yeah. I could come down to Iowa City every 3 months, do a blood test, do a Who
0: has time for that? full
1: pelvic exam, which women
0: hear not, me on that yeah. one that one's not <laughs> an that's enjoyable that's fun,
1: yeah um pl- full pelvic and um a breast exam or i could do the mastectomy and the oophorectomy so I mean,
0: that's what you elected
1: we decided you know like talk to my husband you know i mean ultimately he was like this is your choice
0: yeah, um, whatever is going to make you for the rest month.
1: yeah i mean and i think it was very freeing to have him be like you do whatever like i support you right
0: yeah 100 percent support no matter like, what what, what you
1: decide to do like and for me once i got the like diagnosis of it being brock one positive like i wanted it done now you
0: already had your mind yeah, yeah I,
1: yeah i didn't and i think everyone's different that's right. I, no judgment because i think some people would have gotten into that position and said you know what i don't want to cut my boobs off right. like and more power to you like it's a very personal and i think looking at what i saw i saw my mom with battle yeah. and i saw my mom ultimately like it take her life and i saw like we talked about like she was in a wheelchair and she was in pain and i just can't like it was like if i can do anything to mitigate that i will do it and so like from the time i think i got the diagnosis maybe in october and i think i had surgery in december like i didn't mess around right
0: yeah as soon as you could get in um now surgery What's that look like? And you are a fitness instructor. Half of <laughs> Some of your job is instructing classes. Right. So what did that look like?
1: Um. So I just decided going into that that I was going to be in as good a physical shape. Prior as Prior
0: to? Could. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I, like, trained like I was going to war.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, like, yeah.
1: I mean, like, you're in the military. Like, if yeah. you're in boot camp. Yep. Like, you're, like. Best shape of your life. Right.
0: Yeah. Like.
1: I cleaned up my diet. I I mean, I worked
0: harder, worked harder. Yeah. I was
1: like, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be
0: fully in- prepared to battle this. Right. Part. Whatever comes. Like,
1: right. I'm, I'm going to feel good going into this because I think my recovery will be better. Yeah. Because you read horror stories like I for six months, I couldn't lift my arm. Yeah. I, you know, like people having to do physical therapy. And so what they did is they I scheduled it they did it um, I got to be a guinea pig because in Iowa City they're always getting new things um, I elected to do the nipple sparing so they yeah. kept my nipples um, that was mo- mostly for cosmetic reasons yeah. and for just the naturalness of it since it was prophylactic I got that option if I w- was to wait until I actually had full-blown cancer that's generally not an option, not an
0: option. so another thing is um like how did that affect you, mentally? Having to make that decision to—I would—I'm not a woman, so it's hard right. for me to know or to regurgitate what I'm thinking. But did that have any effect on you?
1: You know, I think I just—you so were
0: just so focused. On I
1: was, and I saw my mom. So when my mom had it surgery, like reconstruction, wasn't a thing. Right. So my mom had no breasts. She had two huge scars across her chest and she wore a bra with like I call them chicken cutlets. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, I know. It. Jammed
1: yeah. in there as like her fake boobs. Yeah. Um that she would strap on in the morning. Yeah. Um so she looked normal. Right. Um
0: but even to have to go through that kind of stuff. It's
1: And so I uh for me it was like I don't know. I mean, I you grew in my head, I was like, well, at least they're going to put fake boobs in me.
0: That's good look at
1: I mean, I'm getting that out of it. Uh, and, yeah, that's
0: – hey, and I was however, like, you got to stay positive, right? I was
1: just to the point where I think the risk versus reward for me was like – So high.
0: Or, yeah, so It was – you know,
1: they told right? you you're you, you're gonna be numb across your chest, like I will never have feeling across my chest again. And there's parts like being a mom and a wife, and you're like, I'm never gonna like have my babies like lay on me and like feel that. Um, but
0: but you're here. But I'm here. Uh, but you're here.
1: And so, like, I think having like Risk, makes sense. The whole like, okay. i I mean it was a little bit of a struggle but not huge and then we met with a plastic surgeon and he was great and he reassured me that like it would you know you're gonna look really natural and and um so we went that route i mean i had to put expanders in some women are lucky and they have like a lot of breast skin i don't um I have thin skin in my chest. And so they put, they did the mastectomy. It was an eight-hour surgery. Jeez. Um, So
0: you're knocked out for that whole thing? Yeah.
1: Like, it's a big...
0: And that's a long time to be the To under. lay on
1: the table. My tailbone, like, <laughs> <in> there for <laughs> it eight sounds hours silly. Like,
0: yeah. But
1: my tailbone was super bruised because that hard metal table. And yeah. I think they told my husband it was going to be like six to seven hours. And my husband, if you know him, is very, like, chill. He's, like, the most chill. Like, he does not worry. Like, he's super level-headed. And I remember, like, waking up from anesthesia and him being like, Oh my gosh, are you he was awake? Nervous. Yeah. And you like, nev- what is this, RJ? I have <laughs> never seen him. Honestly, that's the Testament most how much nervous he cares about you, Summer. I've ever seen him. He was like, "Well, you were gone for eight hours." And He's like, "They didn't tell me." And I think what they were doing is uh, they had a new toy, like that <laughs> at the university that, <laughs> like, terrible. they you glow, like they put Summer. something in you okay. and they shut the lights out, and it shows blood flow. And so hey, they were. I know
0: exactly what you're talking about. That is something. So they <laughs> that's were. They I were, had that done.
1: They were testing me. I was one of the first, at least with my well, surgery, <laughs> to like <laughs> get to <laughs> experience it. So I think they were messing around with that to make sure the blood flow in my chest was okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, But so I woke up, and the recovery is, you know, I was blessed because I think going into it, I knew I had the choice. I didn't have cancer. I scheduled my surgery. It wasn't a rush. I went Before into prepared. it healthy.
0: Yeah. Um, oh it makes a difference a hundred percent
1: hundred percent and I
0: and all those things can be applied to our everyday life right sort of thinking they, if you're uh, right. not healthy it's time to get healthy right like yeah I you mean, get sick and it's a lot harder when you're not prepared
1: right and it's and it's a cascade of events right and so you know I woke up in the hospital and you don't know how much you use your chest for no. <laughs> until it's Go been on. filleted. Yeah. and you're like oh oh my gosh i was that night was not quite a bit of pain yeah it's on the cancer floor and you know the perspective i was put with a woman that was dying of cancer and she was in the room next to me like we shared a room and they wouldn't let my husband stay with me because on the cancer floor they don't allow that okay um and I, I apparently I'm, I moan when I'm in pain. <laughs> and I was moaning all <laughs> oh, night, geez. and this sweet older mo- woman who was, like dying, was like calling the nurse for me, and like I was trying to go to the bathroom and trying to get up, and nobody would help me. And but this woman, y- you know, here I am thinking like I actually don't have cancer.
0: Fortunate enough to. And not I'm, yeah. And
1: this, I'm sharing a, a room, like. The woman who is being so kind to me, and she is actually like, she's not gonna beat this, you know? Um, And so, perspective I mean, you're laying in bed, like, I can't move and I hurt, but this woman is long range, it's gonna be a lot harder battle for her than what I was hoping for my long range battle. And so, I got out. And actually, like they warned me, like my aunt flew in, God bless her, to like help me with my kids because I couldn't pick anything over fifteen pounds up uh, for a while, and I was worried. And uh, goodness knows, she came in and she helped, and my mother in law came and helped. The whole and village. Everybody like pitched in, and Heck yeah. you know what? I day, I think I was in the hospital a day. And I had to walk and pee were my two goals. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, like, I don't care how bad it hurts. I am Doing walking. It. Hell yeah. And Because
0: um, that walk. stuff all speeds up recovery, too. Oh, Fest, yeah. Faster, you can check those small boxes off.
1: Like, I wanted out. Yeah. And so we got out of the hospital, and I got home. And I think it was two days later, I walked my hand all the way up the wall. And that's usually like, oh, you might have to have physical therapy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But, you know, tribute to my surgeons and to just, you know, I think going in healthy, like, helped. And I was able to put my hand over my head. And they said, oh, you won't be able to lift your arms. I totally did that. Um, Days in. Like three days, probably post-op. I could lift my hands over my head. And then, and I was so scared. Like, my aunt, I think she stayed for like eight days. And she's like, I don't know why I'm here.
0: (laughs) That feels (laughs) good. Yeah, you beat what you the timeline you were given.
1: You know, and I didn't like how I felt on pain meds, so I transitioned off those quickly. Very quickly. I mean, I I just did. They knocked me out. Like I was not even. I was comatose. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I I know that they do different things to different people. I'm like I like my
0: husband. I I was out. Like it was one of those
1: like people drink on this. Like
0: you can imagine.
1: I'm like I honestly don't even know how because I I was kind of um I my husband would hand me a pain med and be like see you in six hours like (laughs) I'm out like I was out so. You know, testament to him. I mean, he did everything for the kids. I had drains in. I mean, they put these expanders in my chest and so that I could
0: to stretch that skin. Trust
1: stretch the skin so that I could then have implants put yeah. in.
0: We're familiar with that if people have listened to Ryan Minos episode. Yep. Tate had that done with his legs right. to get his leg muscles. Yep,
1: I remember listening so, to that. Yeah, and, and yeah, I I, should be
0: a listener should yep. be familiar with that.
1: So yeah, exactly the same thing. At, um, wow. Stretch the skin, and you go, and you get a little more saline put in there, and so my husband was excellent, and I remember I think it was two and a half weeks post-op doing push-ups. Like that Hell was my yeah, goal. Summer. That's yeah, awesome. So that was my goal was to be that's able to awesome. do a push-up. So Cause yeah.
0: Off the scratch, women upper body wise have uh, less strength than men, right? Right. right. Just how we're an anatomy. Mm-hmm. And then to go through that shit and be able to do push ups a couple.
1: Yeah, I was like, wow. I just, I mean, it wasn't like, I didn't do a set. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like, do a hundred. You <laughs> know, it was not that impressive, but You're I right. was able to do it. and worked. And so, you know, I came back from that quick and we, we waited to do my ovaries. I waited till I was 39.
0: For the, that removal process? Yeah, okay. we waited a little bit so with that. So you and get...
1: I, I mean, yeah, I think we kind of debated, do we do both of them at the same time? And I just decided, you know what, let's do them one at a time and like Man. fight each one of those battles a little
0: bit. Yeah, on its own?
1: Yeah, I mean like heal from one and then I wasn't super excited about going into menopause. Um,
0: at such a young Yeah, stage. I just
1: needed to wrap my head around that for a little bit longer and... The risk is higher for me with breast cancer, and usually ovarian cancer hits a little bit later. So they monitored me. I still had to go to Iowa City every three months for, like, blood and pelvic from...
0: Until you were done with that. Until
1: I was, like, 39. I finally got to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. Like, driving back and forth.
0: That's a lot. And taking time out of your schedule and and staying on top of those appointments. So we
1: decided then to do that. and And so, yeah, I mean, I would... I would say I would do it again I if I learned anything is you know you got to advocate for your own health and then you take responsibility and I think you know people always say oh you you know you work out all the time you eat pretty healthy Um, you know that's a choice
0: yeah hundred percent a choice
1: I mean I would way rather I mean if you know me I love hot tamales and <laughs> <laughs> like, Hell yeah. I love hot tamales and licorice and um and not that I've cut those like completely out of my diet but like you know like there's things that I have my passions have always been like health and fitness I think that's how I deal with stress yeah um, it's as much about stress as it is anything to do with Looks. looks
0: i 100 percent agree um that came with time though when i hit 30 it started to transition i feel like
1: yeah i mean i just wanted it I, to be healthy right i, I want to be healthy long. i want
0: <laughs> healthy life
1: and i think the exercise started for me a lot earlier because of just so much stress and i found that that was a good way for yeah. me to deal and then as i've gotten older the nutrition piece has been bigger i mean like cancer feeds on sugar Yep. and um and I just decided, you know, I, I know that I have gaps in my diet. I'm not, I don't like fish. I, I, you should eat fish. Yeah. It's good for you. Everyone's going to tell you too. that. I I'm don't in like the same it. i can't do it. I just don't like it. And I'm kind of the same way with eggs. They're super healthy. Everyone should eat eggs, but then I hate them. Yeah. Don't like how they smell. Well, well. And, and so options. Right. And so I just decided at that point, I'm like, I need to, you know, you know better, you do better.
0: Take it seriously. We get one chance, one crack at the skin we're wearing. Right. right. And you better take care of it.
1: And so I think that was kind of a wake-up call. And I trust me, like, I still, like, have bad food. And I still, like, have lazy Sundays where I don't do jack. But I also think...
0: Consistency is key.
1: It is. And just knowing that big scheme of life is, you know... Do you do good, better than on most days yep. than, than not? And so Perfect. that to me is, uh, you know, I've gotten older and I've had a yeah. little more perspective and I've officially outlived my mother because she passed away at 42. I turned 43 a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that, I think just knowing that I have an opportunity you know i i posted about this on my birthday that i said these are my bonus years mm-hmm. um if these, you
0: keep that perspective you can I try lose. well it's hard know, not, it's not to, always right? you know like i i can all the time.
1: say a lot of really nice things but i have to wake up every day and say like you know these are time. these are my bonus years like as hard as it is like i'm grateful i'm going to a flag football game tonight you know like i get to see my daughter i'm gonna drive soccer carpool tonight there's things that there are people fighting right now that would kill to drive soccer carpool
0: yeah, just right? to spend a minute with their child right
1: right i mean they don't get that opportunity um and so a lot of people dread their birthdays and you know what i'm totally <laughs> trying to like have the perspective of like You know what? I get to have a birthday.
0: Age gracefully.
1: You know, like I get that. That's an opportunity that a lot of people don't get to have. And if I can do more in these years, that my mom didn't have the technology. She didn't have a geneticist saying, like, here's your risk and and, your odds. And and here's, (laughs) yeah, like, here's an option that may extend your life. Right. You know, I'm still at a higher risk for cancer over my lifetime like all sorts of cancers but i mitigated is that
0: stuff that you still monitor today yeah yeah
1: i i do and i i have a breast surgeon that follows me and um you know they just i can still get breast cancer because they can't get every cell right yeah um
0: but you've mitigated i've done everything as as you possibly i know do. that i
1: have done what i can do yeah. and then the other part is just like I said, like, taking care of myself and like trying to keep all my other risk factors as low as possible. And, you know, I'm adamant about exercise and, you know, filling in the gaps in my nutrition and just sleep. I need to do better at (laughs) the confessions. (laughs) Uh, But those are the things that I think, you know, we have an opportunity and, um, like I said, there's a lot of people right now fighting for their life, and breast cancer is its prevalent.
0: Yes, yeah, very pre- prevalent. So the current statistics say that there are over 200,000 cases per year in America only. That's not even considering the rest of the world.
1: Right, right. So, And I just think, you know, get the mammogram. Be an advocate. Be your own advocate. Like if you feel something funny or hot to the touch or odd or I have people reach out to me frequently that are like their parents had or their mom had breast cancer young. Yeah.
0: Um, Get checked.
1: And they will say like, oh, you know, what what did you do or what? And I just tell all of them. I'm like, the test isn't. I'm trying to remember how expensive it is. It's not crazy expensive, the BCRA. And a geneticist can tell you, like, okay, it's worth it for you. Right,
0: your options specific to you. You know,
1: like, and they can, even if it comes back positive, like, nobody wants it to come back positive, obviously. But then even if it comes back positive, they can give you options. some options. I mean, they basically told me, like, you're probably, if you get it, going to be triple negative um, which essentially means like it's really hard to treat, which is why my mom probably aggressive. Would, yeah, it's it doesn't respond well to like chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was like that weighed in too. Like if it was gonna right. be one of those things where I'm like, yeah, if I'm just gonna get breast cancer and we're gonna monitor it, so we're gonna catch it really really early, and I can just have a mastectomy. Then why, why not actually wait till I get cancer? But the fact that it metastasized and was super right. aggressive, we don't want to mess around. Right.
0: And that's a testament to your individual circumstance, right? Right. And Everyone's different. Yes. It's important to know your, your situation and verbalize that to your doctor to make the best decision possible for you. Right. And we can't tell you what to do. No. Nor. Yeah. it's Everybody's different, Right. Everybody and that's a testament is. to people's opinions, people's thoughts, people's ideals, how they operate their lives. It's right. also different. With that, we are going to wrap this up. Yep. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, take a chance and listen to my walk with Summer. It was the first time that we sat down. Like I said, we talked about her growing up, the support she received in Cedar Falls after her mother's passing of cancer, and all the things in between on her road with adoption with her four kids and her wonderful husband, RJ. Who, by the way, is running for the school board, <laughs> vote uh, Like I said earlier, I wanted this to be an opportunity for people who have um, underwent breast cancer to be able to hear your strengths and your story, the, the things that you went through. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that relate to this. And I thank you, Summer, for coming yeah. on again. It means a lot to me.
1: I appreciate you having me. Uh, it you. means a lot. I'm still waiting, though. Are we not all kind of curious about Nate's story?
0: Uh, I,
1: I feel like...
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think got quite a few stories, Summer.
1: I feel <laughs> like there's a, we're getting to a point where we kind of need to hear what inspired all this.
0: Yeah, uh, that will be coming.
1: Okay. There's
0: a couple Not of to put you on the spot. I appreciate that. I'm yeah, putting you on weird. the spot yeah. here. Like, Who's the host here, Summer? <laughs>
1: i I might be back but i'll be sitting in his chair and asking him questions because i i am i'm i'm curious now on a little more of your story yeah
0: it will be available at some point okay good i know there was talks at one point in time um about me going on the raisin brand podcast which is zach uh, zach's podcast the ceo of pixel labs okay so i may get an opportunity to tell my story on there okay well
1: we're all waiting (laughs)
0: thank you so uh, i want to do something a little bit different um, this episode of The Firing Range is brought to you by those who have courageously battled breast cancer. In lieu of any this or that questions, I'm going to take a moment to honor the following women. I'm going to read some names and Summer's going to read some names of people who have courageously fought the battle. Jody S, Mindy G, Pam W, Celeste H, and Lisa H.
1: Janelle W., Randy P., Donna O., Kristen P., Linda D., Jill L., my mother and my grandmother, who actually, all on coincidence, today is the anniversary of my mother's passing.
0: 20, While we're recording today.
1: Right, 28 years. Um, and she I, would be
0: so proud of you.
1: I I did not even, it did not even occur to me when we scheduled this. Um,
0: Must be coincidence, huh? Right. (laughs) There are no such
1: things. (laughs) It was ordained. It was ordained. Um, This is therapeutic for me, right? Um, Cindy L., Melissa R., and Sarah C.
0: Eileen H., Lee R., Kim C.K., and Ellen N., Also, we would like to honor all those listening who have fiercely faced breast cancer. Keep fighting. You are not alone. Thank you and have an amazing week. Thank you. If you have an incredible story you'd like to tell and I've yet to reach out to you, please contact me directly at theworldwithnatepodcast at gmail.com. This project was made with love by Pixel Labs.